welcome back to Paddle Hacks. I'm Matt. I'm Ben. And uh, this is a cold weather edition, apparently, of <laughs> Paddle Hacks now that it's the new year. Happy 2020, everybody. Hi. I, uh, I didn't say anything to you until we were on air. I like the facial hair. Oh, God. Matt's got a sweet middle management goatee going. And That's a great way to describe it, actually. It is. He kind of looks like a, um, a paddle wire up. Yeah, a little bit. Solid. It's a good look. I don't normally like the mineral management I'm your facial hair, but it looks good on you. Uh, yeah, I uh, well am not a fan of the facial hair on myself either, but my wife likes it, mm-hmm. and we just had a baby, and I'm desperate to do anything to get her to like me again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is what I went with because she's like, I really like that. It looks really good. And I'm like, it's itchy and uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and I look like a douchebag. No, I that's, like that's it. That's my own personal you, like view of it myself, uh, because I can't grow a full beard like a real man like you. I don't uh, know. I'm all yeah. patchy through the cheeks, and so I, you know, I really can't pull off the the winter man look uh, and and be respectable. But the, the goatee thing, I can kind of get after four weeks, and I only did it because we had the baby on the 26th of December, and so then I had this like weird gap of time where I wasn't in front of people yep. for, you know, we just kind of shut everything down and, and took care of the new guy. And it was uh, an easy way to just be like, I, I mean, basically I waked up one, woke up one day and was like, I haven't shaved in quite some time. Mm. <laughs> and then I just cleaned it up a little bit and she was like, I really like that. You should leave it. Well, I like it on you. It looks good. And Thanks. on behalf of nice everyone of that listens to this show, congratulations on the new baby. Oh, thanks. Thanks. He's, he's good. He's doing well. Good. Mommy's doing well. So, uh, aside from a little bit of chaos with, you know, the other kids and their desire to, you know, be on top of him all the time because he's the new fun toy. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's been awesome. So. Um, we're sitting here. Can we uh, can we just have a quick talk about a couple of things that just happened? Sure. With the people going on the court that we're staring out at. Oh yeah, I have a group of uh, I have a group of players that are uh, home club. Well, th- three of them are here uh, members at the club, and then my assistant pro is doing a fill-in lesson type. Yep. Format. So it's twenty-six degrees here in Chicago. Yep. Yes, it is. Am I right on the money? Yeah. You're God, look. dead on right now. My watch says it's twenty-six degrees. That's pretty awesome. It's me and numbers. It's like me on the golf course with yardage. I'm quite good at that too. <laughs> um, they turn. There is not a ounce of moisture in the air. We haven't had snow in a few days. It hasn't rained. Um, it's as cold and as dry as it gets. Right. Uh huh. What did they do before they walked on the court, Matt? They turned the heaters on, Ben. Yes. <laughs> now we're going into a little segment we call Matt's Science Corner. Oh, God. Would you like to explain to anyone else that turns the heaters on when it's cold outside what it, paddle heaters actually do? It really it really uh, bothers me that, that physics is not better understood. Uh, platform tennis is built on a platform so that when you turn heaters on in an enclosed space, it can actually warm up enough to use the metal decking as a conduit to melt the snow and ice. So the aggregate temperature above the deck changes none at all 
and the only time you can ever feel a heater is like if it's 45 degrees out and you're standing right on top of it, then maybe you're like, oh, it's a little toasty in this spot. Yeah. But like it doesn't work when it's 26 degrees out. And the general analogy above the deck is just like when it's hot outside, you don't like turn an air conditioner on (laughs) and go like, it should cool me off. It's going to cool me (laughs) off. Like it's, uh, you know, I have softened on one, though, that is the other science one, which uh, when people turn the lights on when they feel like it's overcast Mm -hmm. outside, most of the time it's a total waste. Right. Like even an overcast sky is still brighter than turning on your lights on a paddle court during the daytime. Yep. Right. But every once in a while, it does actually get to the point where it's so dark that it lights up the court a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But so like there there are certain circumstances where it's okay. But a lot of people come in like it's overcast and they turn the lights on. And I'm like, you're just creating another position to lose the ball. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah up in the you know like if you if you look right into the light you just lose it like yeah. an overcast day is the perfect paddle experience like why ruin it with a way to all right so let's let's talk to our stock trader listeners real quick heaters on when it's dry out sell <laughs> yeah, yeah. heaters on when uh lights on when it's overcast buy yeah yeah i think that i think that's i think that's fair yeah, this oh. just became a financial uh, podcast. I like, too. How, yes. I like how you twisted you like that, that? Anal- analogy. I was willing to go straight science, but you're like, no, let's make it more relatable. Yeah, to uh, the paddle community. The other thing I'd like to talk about, and um, we 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 won't name any names. Sp- Spencer Cavaggio, um, and every paddle pro who's been doing this a while is going to roll their eyes when we talk about this. She's wearing a, is it Canada goose or duck or something? It's, like, it's a very expensive, very expensive, long, it, uh, they're very warm yeah. and they're beautiful jackets, but she is wearing it to coach in. In the Chicago area, it's kind of the North Shore uniform at this pretty point. Pretty much, like yes. You pretty much have to have one when Vineyard the Vines drops. and a Canada goose. But um, any pro will tell you that they they get a nice jacket, but they don't drop coin on it because you will... D- I go through one jacket a year. Yeah, I inevitably snag something on the screens or shred it or yep, or I yep. play one too many matches in it and, you know, something happens. Like, mm-hmm. something's going to happen. Yep. And, and to her credit, uh, we're only seeing it now and picking on it, but to her credit, she did say something the first time she went on the court and she was like, I probably shouldn't be teaching in this. No. And I was like, I agree with you, but she also hasn't made a change you know that way probably because she fell in love with it and it's her new favorite thing absolutely so you know whatever she if she's selective about it and she doesn't bounce off the screens i'm sure it'll be fine she doesn't have a bunch of children and responsibilities like we do (laughs) so therefore disposable (laughs) income is more uh more Uh, readily available but it's uh it is interesting how uh the the older i get the more i am like unwilling to replace something nice you know oh. with something nice obviously you have kids like you know how it goes I like don't at some point you nice. know my dad you know was like hey you know we have a tv that i've had for a couple of years but i won this other one at a work raffle right and it's a big tv and so he was like would you like you know my my older tv and i was like no he was like, really? Why not? And I'm like, because it's going to get broken and it's just going to make me mad. You yeah. know, like it's a nice thing. And the stuff that I have now is like 
flat screens that aren't really flat screens. You know, yeah. they're, they're first generation. They're like 12 years old. And every once in a while, somebody's like, you should replace those. And I'm like, why? Like, nope. when a football hits that thing, I won't be upset at all. Yep. <laughs> so, and this is why I don't have anything nice. Uh, my kids got a, uh, like a little drone for Christmas. Uh, you know, they live with daddy and I was like, you know, there's, there's no one, the voice of reason in my house is me and my two boys. Daddy, can we fly the drone? I was like, yeah, you can fly the drone in the house. Yeah. <laughs> was it a mini? Was it a tiny drone the size you of a know, micro machine? It's probably that's pretty big. eight to 10 inches in length. And then the blades pop out the side. So it becomes probably, you know, a, it's no, it's fairly small, like small enough for a city apartment if you're good at flying it. Well, there. But my eight year old is not good at flying it and yeah. learning. Yeah, he backed that thing up right into the bottom left of my TV screen. The propellers. Yep. Yeah, he scratched that up pretty good. And he looks at me like ready to cry. I'm like, buddy, it was my fault. It's, my yeah. fault. I shouldn't have said yes. Yeah. But it's all good. We don't have anything nice here. Prudence. You yep. Gotta, you got to think through all those decisions. Yep. Matt, I'm uh, going to make a, uh, a Manfred man. Uh, comment right now i am blinded by the light you really are really truly like that sun is blinding i'll, I'll just stare right into your eyes instead that's fine you'll get lost in there too um all right well more paddle hacks after this okay listen up because this is a legitimate advertisement i know we normally goof around with these but this one is important clark trophies this is a real Advertisement. Yes. Um, yes. A, a company that we have used and had great experiences with for a bunch of the paddle hack stuff that we have done. Yep. They're, uh, they're, they're not a new company. They've been around since about 1970. They're out of Stamford, Connecticut. They are, I don't know if it's, I think it owned or run by a paddle player, Max LePervier. Yep. Um, yep. And he was awesome in when we were running the, uh, you know the what? paddle hacks tournament. We got a beautiful trophy for him. Uh, I've used them at my club for a number. We're in Chicago, so they ship. Their prices are fantastic. Um, they do... Uh, I say vase. Do you say vase? Is that how you say it? Uh, I, the, I, I say vase when I'm trying to sound like a pretentious douchebag. Okay, well, vases. They do vases. They do vases. Um, what else have I done? I've done... They did a bamboo cutting board for me where they burnt in our logo. That's for cool. our, like. It, I, at first, I'd seen a bunch of people, the East Coasters, kind of giving it as prizes. I was like... What the hell is that? It was like cutting... No, I'm sorry. It was like a cheese board, cutting board. I was like, what the heck is that? And then I, and then I was like, everyone really looks happy with great that. Great idea. And I was like, that's a great idea. Thank you, Wanaraya. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, so I got the Max cutting board. If you so, guys need anything in I'll that regard. I'll tell you one more thing that they did for us. They did a poker set. And they kind of did... Uh, it, was my, it was my president's cup. And we give a, a gift to the club president every year so i did a poker set and he, he max did the logo um so if you guys truly if you're looking for any trophies this is really a real advertisement here go to clark trophies and it's clarktrophies.com we have been gone for a little while with chaos which isn't necessarily a bad thing and it's nice to have graham help us out a little bit but we've got some segments today that are kind of built around some fan questions because those have been backing up on us a, a little bit yep. since uh 
since we haven't had the chance to get out quite as many episodes as we may have liked. So do you want to start this one? Yeah, we had a... I'm 99% sure I know this guy. His name's Walter Palmer. I think he's a local Chicago guy. I think he, he's a good up-and-coming... I think he's probably... Walter's probably 24, 25. Okay. Maybe a little older, but I think he plays for Winnetka or Wilmette. Cool. Um, super nice guy. If it's the Walter Palmer I'm thinking of. If it's a different Walter, he's, he's probably a a, yeah. just a jerk. Yeah, complete yeah. dick. Yeah. Right. Anyway, Walter Palmer. Uh, he had two questions. Shoot. The first question was, uh, for a player with a much better backhand than forehand, do you generally think that that player should be playing the add or deuce? All else being equal. This is a tough question for both you and I to answer because we both have shitty backhands. Um, Terrible, awful backhands. Yes, but it has never stopped me from losing to people with great backhands. So yeah. I feel in that regard, based on my own personal style of play, I feel like I can answer it effectively. Let me backtrack quickly by prefacing, prefacing this with uh, what I believe to be a probably more important um, intermediate or club level uh, coaching strategy, which is I kind of don't care about that. I want you to hit your best return possible. And if your thought process has nothing to do about which side you should play based on the return, then you're probably doing it wrong because it's the only shot you're guaranteed to hit. Yep. Right. So uh, I've kind of had it with some of my own players saying like, oh, I only play this side. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like it, it, you might be better passed. on that side, yeah. but you also might never see a ball again. Yeah, so like, well, like you're going to have to come up with something better than, you know, this is where I feel comfortable. Um, you might as well just learn both sides. Yes. Uh, so with that, you know, out of the way, let's say you and your partner are of equal ability in terms of the return of serve and you're, and you're both, you know, you could split the difference and play either side. I personally think that it's probably uh, more difficult to play against a team that puts their weapons on the outside uh, edge of the court on the wings. Really? Yeah. And, and I feel that way because it, it is so difficult to win a point in the center of the court. Right? You don't lose a lot of points in the center of the court. Reset overhead, keep everything down the middle, go, go, go. But Wait, eventually... I, I may have missed you a second, because are we talking to a certain level of paddle? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the higher the level, the more value valuable it is to put your offense on the outside edge. Right? Like, like you've got, you know, Drew Broderick with a phenomenal backhand as a lefty playing the, you know... Plays ad, the ad. Ad side, Right. And, you know, he can drive off of both sides and move around, you know, effectively. And then sometimes they switch. But, like, I mean, I think Brian Compton has a phenomenal backhand that's probably better than his forehand. And he's yep. playing ad side and putting it on the wing. So, I don't know. I just, I personally, you know, I see both sides of it. But I would say that for the most part, you know, and part of it's the style of match you're going to get. Yep. We should know this because he's now our business partner. But what side does Muddick play when he plays with Graham? I think I think Modic, deuce. I think Modic plays the deuce side yeah. with a massive forehand. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. I I I would just argue that at a certain level, when you can't win a point in the center of the court, right? Like, it, it, I mean, you can, but it requires somebody to make a bad decision. But so, then, but then you've got team like let's say Hughes and Powers, mm -hmm. right? Mark's got a big four. Both have big forehands. Mm -hmm. They really force you to hit dangerous shots out wide. 
yeah. you can't reset anything gently down the middle because they're going to s- slam one back right. at you. Right, which is why I was going into the you know kind of style of play. Like if you're playing against a team that's going to constantly you know crush rollers at your corner, then mm. you probably want to put your strength on the on the edges because you're going to get a chance to counter punch. Right, they hit it hard, they miss the corner, the ball shoots way out, and you get a screen drive with your best shot. Yep. Right. If you're playing against a team that just refuses to make errors and is going to dump everything down the middle, then you probably need to put your strengths in the center of the court, knowing that that's when you're going to get your best opportunities. Yep. I just think that the style of paddle, and especially with people being generally stubborn, right? You work the middle, you get the short ball, and then you're trained to attack the side screen or go after somebody's corner. But if you don't do that effectively and all of a sudden someone's best shot is there, like a big two-handed backhand that doesn't require a lot of setup, if you don't hit a great attack overhead, all of a sudden that counter punch is going to yep. hurt you, right? That ball's going to show up before you've even finished your follow through on your overhead. So, I mean, I think there's a little bit of stuff to unpack here from a tactical perspective. Yeah, no, that's fair. I play it as my my own game i've put you know i don't have any weapons really matt but i've put myself on the deuce side and my your, forehand's your my better shot your piercing stare is a weapon ben there's my beautiful blue eyes your, your trash um, talk is pretty pretty it's not bad <laughs> pretty advanced it's not bad yeah no i've put myself on on the deuce side and i try and lob to get and then i kind of cut that corner off yep or that that back deuce quadrant trying to get them to squeeze the ball out wide to my deuce side and then I cut the corner Mm -hmm. and crack a forehand kind of either down the line or through the middle yeah because if they don't get it to the screen boom like what you were saying you kind of you beat it to the screen and and there's not much they can do that ball's on them very quickly you won me over. I was originally going into this this argument saying that I would tell him to put his backhand in the middle I also think it's interesting from a perspective of you're not going to fight over balls the, somebody with a backhand plays the deuce side and then you go like oh they can drive you know either side in the middle and then there's a couple of points where they both make a move and they're yeah. going to hit a big ball and then they flinch away from it because you know they both were thinking that they're going to crack the same shot and you have to play with somebody for so long for that to not happen so, no that's fair yeah so good question Walt. thank you walter should we touch the other part of his question while we're here yes we should but i All desperately right. have to use the bathroom Today's episode of Paddle Hacks brought to you by Netflix. When you want your TV to make you feel bad, are you still watching that? Yes, motherfucker, I am watching my sixth hour of The Office today. (laughs) Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, go for it. We are live. We are live. We are live. For those of you who have been with us, welcome back. Those of you are just those, <laughs> those of you, you just tuning in. <laughs> those of you just tuning in. Where the hell have you been? I don't think that works so much with an internet podcast, but Damn I it. understand what you're saying. Um, hey, quick, quick. Uh, we haven't had a chance to air this. I don't think Cal has put it in. Um, but at one of the last PFP events, um, our friend Noah Seidenberg from Xenon Paddles went around and interviewed some people for us and did some a couple of segments on interviewing people right i just i don't know if you've heard it but uh i, he haven't, went, I haven't had the chance to listen to it he went around and i thought cal was going to put this in one of the episodes he went around saying that now the paddle hacks have got a new a third person 
if you had to get rid of one of the paddle hacks, who would it be? Would you get rid of Matt, Graham, or Ben? Why such a negative question? So negative. Why wouldn't it, so why wouldn't negative. it just be like, wow? It's well, a- Matt, let me finish my story. <laughs> Without fail, Ben was the answer to the question. You know why? I thought he was going to put it together of going, who would you get rid of? And it was just Ben, 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 Ben. I I didn't know how to take it. At first, I was like, what the hell, man? I was like... It's because you're a foreigner. And then... That's why. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And then second, I was like, maybe it's just... And then this is how I kind of consoled myself. I go, maybe it's just because I'm the most memorable one. But my name's the first one came Nobody up. Nobody even knows my name. It's a, I don't know. I think it's just they hate me. So anyway, I wanted to touch on that with everyone. And uh, I'm sure Graham will, uh, not Graham, Cal will put it together at some point. Let's not send Noah into the field anymore to do <laughs> interviews. <laughs> what kind of bullshit question is that? Who would you get rid of? <laughs> that was his only yeah. like. Of all the paddle companies, which one do you think is unnecessary? They could slide out. <laughs> Xenon, 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 Xenon. Don't need it. Seen on. How's that feel? Does uh, that feel good? Is that toasty? <laughs> um, anyway, Walter Palmer had two questions, and both were very good questions. And one of them, I I hadn't thought about it before, but I really liked his question, and I've actually used it in my coaching these okay, last couple cool. of weeks. All right. So it's a long question, so bear with me for. You know, I'm not good at reading, so bear with me for a little while here. Ben's dyslexic. All right, question number two. When playing against an opponent for the first time who doesn't know your game or style, do you think it's worth worth it to hit an aggressive, high-risk shot early in the match to make your opponents think that you've got the shot in your arsenal? If you're a player that doesn't ever hit a backhand drive off the deck... Is it worth it to rip a drive early in the match knowing there's a decent chance you'll miss that shot? Your opponents might then think that this isn't a free spot to dump overheads and end up hitting more balls to your forehand than they should, or try to force things too much to be a little too precise with their overheads to that spot. It's a good question. It is, a, yeah, it is a legitimate question. It's kind of a strategy, you know, match management question. Really. I love it. Yeah. It's a good one. I think, yeah, I've been teaching this. I've been, uh, you know, I and everyone I've taught it to, they're like, well, that's that's kind of interesting. I was like, there's a lot of times where early in a match you don't want to miss and you want to work your way into the match and yada, yada, yada. Before you know it, it's four all and you haven't hit a drive. Then a drive presents itself itself and you're like you kind of get t-rex the alligator arms and you kind of swing at it and you you either miss it because you haven't hit a drive or you don't hit it very well and they stuff it behind you and you lose the point anyway um so i've actually been teaching it to my thank you walter um you'll be getting no money um from my (laughs) lesson proceeds but thank you um been teaching it to my people like if early on i want to see you Open up and let a ball fly. Go after it. If they give you any opportunity early in a match, take a swing at one. The other thing I actually think it does is it relaxes people. Yeah. It, you know, it, it take can. a swing at one, even I if you hit the back that. fence on the fly. Go for it. Relax you. Hey, it can't get any worse now. Yeah. And swing at it. Go after it and 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 get out there swinging. I, I love yeah. this question. I think it's a great play, and I've instituted it into actually my own game too now. I'm going to attack it from a slightly different angle. Uh, I, I don't mind the idea 
if it's something that you have some concept how to hit, right? Yes. So I got a couple of players who shouldn't drive a backhand uh, because they don't have a backhand. <laughs> like they don't, they don't, they don't understand how to hit it. They don't understand the rhythm of it. It right. looks like a giant tennis swing because they haven't developed it. In which case, it's just a dumb idea. Yes. Like you would just be better off, you know, warming up your decision making rather than letting one fly to be like, maybe they'll think I have a back. Because I'll be honest with you that if I see somebody do that, like they get bored with a point and then they let one fly and it's a shot that it doesn't really look like they can pull off, make it or miss it. I'm like, oh, keep going. Go ahead. Like by all means, I'm going to start baiting that ball and and wait for you to make another dumb decision. Yeah. You know, if it's not a shot that it looks like you can legitimately hit. No, I will clarify. I have been telling my people that when I teach them it, like their stronger shot, the one they're comfortable swinging. Don't, right. Don't take a swing at some shot you have never made. Yeah. Because then you're going to look like an idiot. Yeah. But with that said, like if you can kind of drive off both sides, like I can kind of drive off both sides. My Go backhand isn't real good. But every once in a while, if everything's gelling, uh, I'll, I'll take a swing at it. Um, so from that perspective, sure. And I've also done it uh, sometime, like when I first switched over to the deuce side and I was kind of, you know, keeping more balls in play and attacking a little bit less. I, I employed that strategy where I snapped a couple off my backhand through the middle because I was like, I don't want to play this game all night. Like, I do not want them to dump every ball down the middle and have us like get into this, you no. know, I, I don't want to play for that long. So. I will pull the trigger on a couple, and if I get lucky, it might be a deterrent, you know, for that kind of shot. And I understand, yeah. you know, the uh, the mentality of it. Um, you know, it's weird because when I was growing up playing tennis, I was decent with most of my shots, and my overhead lagged. I, I, I had a terrible overhead. I had a great serve and a terrible overhead. I was like an anomaly. And my coach, going into tournaments, would be like, Okay, somebody throws up a lob, you just hit the shit out of it. And then when you inevitably miss it, because we all know you will, you kind of pretend that like the sun bothered you or something, you kind of shake it off, and you hope that somebody will get baited into seeing how hard you can hit it and decide that that equals a threat. And it was genius coaching, right? Because like a ball would go up and I'd be like, and occasionally I would make one. It's not like I, you know, would whiff them, but like it just wasn't a strong shot of mine. And so a lob would go up and I would crank it. And one time I hit this guy in the foot, like on the fly at Mach 2, and he didn't lob for the rest of the time. And he tried to pass me instead. I was up at the net hitting volleys. I'm 6'3", like, you know, and, and he didn't lob again. And I was like, because I because I nuked one into your shoe like what a dumb tactical decision and so I I understand like the coaching side of it is very interesting to me do you think it was genius coaching or you think a better genius bit of coaching would have been to actually teach you how to hit an overhead as oh. a junior, now that you can mold someone, no, I he's, think he's not. A, you weren't a forty-year-old man <laughs> who couldn't hit an overhead with no thing. You was, were a junior, fifteen years old, who needed molding and help. Maybe it would have been better to teach you to actually hit an overhead. No, I agree. This was more fun. I think it was funny for them as coaches okay. to right. have it be the case. It's not like we stopped working on it entirely, but <laughs> it was still entertaining. It's like you have that one friend who can always scratch on the eight ball. Yeah. Right. Like you're playing, you're playing pool and you got one. You, everybody has that one person that's just like they're decent. And then they always scratch in the eight ball. That was my version of it. That was my tennis equivalent. Like, right. oh, this point's over. I suck. 
right, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Walter, um, thanks for the questions, Walter. Did we cover everything? Yeah. I yeah. think we more, did. Uh, more paddle hacks after this. Welcome back. We are now going to do a legitimate Real segment. Quick, you know you sigh. Two. You know you sigh every time you say "Welcome back." I do. <laughs> you I go, do. It's it's such <sighs> a chore. Welcome back. I do. It's it's uh, something about welcoming people back is it just destroys my entire <laughs> mental state. Uh, can we also go back? Welcome to your back. Fa- can we also go back to your facial hair? Because of the microphone, all I can see is this sweet mustache you look a little bit like the father from um american chopper if anyone remembers that oh, show from yeah. the early 2000s paul paul tuttle senior yeah this massive and that's with wherever your microphone is sitting it looks like you've got that massive sweet. like fu manchu yep. badass yeah it yep. looks good dude i prefer dog the bounty hunter but you know that's yeah. that's fine too god that that works uh, so this is our legitimate segment now. We've caught up with our first one being devoted to fan questions, and now now we're doing what? Fan questions. <laughs> we're doing real fan questions. Those <laughs> other ones were fake fan questions. Who's this one from, Matt? Uh, President Tiernan of yes. the APTA. I know. We're Ooh. a big fan of hers. She's a moderate fan of ours. Hopefully we can improve upon that relationship. And I don't think moderate. I think not even that much right now. You think pretty low? Yeah. A, you give her a 4 out of 10 uh, in terms of blip her, on the her radar. Yes. Yeah. Well, she's got a lot of stuff going on, but we you know, are going to try to help her out and get more involved. Anyway, um, just because I'm going to boost our ego, I'm going to read the entire... Uh, nice note that she oh sent God. us just this to boost just our ego fanning the flame absolutely it is but i i don't think she'll have a problem with it um, i'm gonna edit it out anyway it's fine okay all right well <laughs> good morning paddle hacks graham is an awesome addition we'll edit that part out so he doesn't know and it's, you should remove ben from the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> unsolicited especially Thanks, Tiernan. good idea <laughs> especially for all the paddle stat nerds out there i've seen his color-coded spreadsheets they are truly amazing so my fan listener question is how do you come up with your guests and topics for each episode second question will you guys come to nationals we'd love to have you love the podcast Tiernan. wow that's very nice it's nice right uh, yeah, we'll go to nationals. Next question. Can I start answering the first question? Okay, go for it. Um, TNN, our original, I think we spoke about this on the show, but our original goal for the podcast was for it to be an extension of most conversations people have in the hut. Yes. So we do have an outline. We email back and forth with each other and an outline kind of for the week, like topics we're going to touch on, the ad we'll do fan questions um but a lot of the time matt just kind of turns the microphones on and we talk it does happen quite organically i would say 60 percent of the stuff that we end up with yes kind of like well what about this idea yeah i think there's a lot of times where i don't tell you what i'm gonna say and we say it on air like the facial hair thing we spoke about but um no i i think you know we Contrary to what we look like, well, me, what I look like, we do plan more than you would think. We have the emails back and forth, and we we do we take this seriously, very rough, right, as an outline, and then we just talk. Yeah, yeah. That's all this is. It's a conversation. Yeah, it's not super heavily scripted. I will say that some of the segment ideas 
because we're both uh, teaching pros, kind of come from that perspective as well. So, yeah. like, how Law & Order has uh, ideas for shows that are ripped from the headlines. Dun, dun. Ben, ben and I do that sometimes, too, where we, we uh, you know, rip it from our own, you know, weekly teaching experience or, you know, somebody asks a good question or, you know, randomly we see something uh, yeah. that seems, you know, worthy of conversation. And we're actually very lucky that paddle is such a tactical mental sport um, and I always say this, you know, about uh, tennis as well. I think tennis is a more difficult topic to get into the same depth with because there's less stuff going on, right? Like there's there's just, you know, there's less pieces of the puzzle. And, yep. and the you know, analogy of tennis is checkers and paddle is chess holds true. Uh, I think there's that many different layers and it's more complicated. And so it make, it keeps our interest level high. Uh, I think. Oh no, absolutely. I'm. We have cut down kind of the length of the episodes by a little bit, but I, I think it's so kind that of, we don't get, we don't drone anyone into oblivion. Right, but there's so much that we could talk about. I'm going to ask you a question. This is not scripted, Tin, and we we haven't spoken about it. But I wanted to throw. It. I was thinking about this on the way over here, and then I forgot to say it to you until we started talking. Now, fine, we'll do it live. Live, when you're in the paddle hut. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to ten, how much does it drive you nuts listening to people critique the other people out on the court when they're sitting in the hut? The, the, the reason I ask you this, I was watching a match last year. It was series one, court one, and I was listening to some guys. So series one, court one, for those of you not in the Chicago area, is generally it's your, the best of the best. Anyway, we're in the hut, and there are two guys talking quite loud you know these these huts are very nice but you can generally hear everything everyone else is saying that you wouldn't but they were critiquing this series one court one match oh i don't i don't know why you would hit that shot i don't know what was that why would he do like just every shot and i i went i actually went over to them i go what series are you and the guy's like (laughs) it was like he's like series 14 i go what court like four, I go, you should never, ever say anything negative about these people. I go, if you're on, so if you lose, I play generally court three for my team. Win or lose, I don't feel like I can say anything negative about the people that play higher than me. They're obviously better than me. Would I make different decisions? Maybe, I don't know, but they're on better courts than me. So therefore I should never say anything negative about them. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to take too much away from it because I think that there's something in human nature that like I think what the resting human brain does is judge. Right. Like yeah. I cannot shut my brain off for 30 seconds without being like, look at those shorts. What the fuck is with those shorts? One. Um, so like like there's just something about human nature that goes there. And then your options are to talk about it after you've had a couple beers or to sit quietly yeah right and, and somehow that's less fun and we have a whole culture that's built around commentary like twitter exists so that people who shouldn't have a voice are given one on right. the internet yeah right and i i understand the juxtaposition of me saying that while i say it into my podcast microphone yes. uh, while tens of people you know listen to us uh but the obvious uh, stuff being there, uh, what's his name? Niels Bear said that an expert 
is someone who has failed in almost every situation in a very narrow field. Right. So like in that regard, like, uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe that guy is an expert. Like maybe, maybe. he screwed up so many times that he, you know, and there are people out there and, uh, you know, it, it is a, a truth of, of sport is that sometimes people can have uh, and uh, they can have an expertise that goes beyond their physical ability. Right? That's true. I mean, you got yep. a lot of coaches. You got a lot of coaches. Uh, at, some of the best across the, across all, all levels of sport, right? Where like they are incredible managers, coaches, instructors, whatever that never got to a level that is the highest, you know, in their field. So I'm openly asking this question because I know nothing about football. Was Bill Belichick a good football player? I don't know. I don't remember his name being on any, right. you know. I, I know nothing, of, I, but I, I obviously know. probably the greatest coach ever. I right? don't know. So I don't have as much of a problem with the critiquing because at least it expresses a desire for knowledge. And if you, in, you know, if you interject and say like, you know, actually, you know, maybe that's a learning opportunity. Like they're willing to talk about it. So yeah. maybe they're also willing to be like, oh, I see your, oh, okay. Like I yep. see your point or like maybe that's, maybe that's a chance. What I will say I, I don't like the same level that you <laughs> hate that that commentary is I don't like the the royal or the universal we right like I don't like it when you know we killed you know oh. we we killed the cardinals last week and I'm no. like I'm sorry did you did you make the team this yeah. year like yeah I love something therefore I'm a part of it like, I'm also, like what, I got I got issues with that yeah what's your what's your belief on um jerseys Wearing jerseys? Yes. Uh, I I don't. I guess I don't really have an issue with it as long as you are under 15 years old. There you go. That, okay, that we're is, on the same is, page. That I, is my thing. Like, I, I think if you're over the age of 15, you should not be wearing a jersey with someone's name on it. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah I, I I agree. I I don't mind a hat that has no. a team logo on it. No, or a hooded sweatshirt or something yeah. that has the. It's fine. Don't wear another awesome man's jersey. I think it's awesome for a four, up to age 14 to yep. fantasize about you know being a, a superstar or this is my hero or that kind of thing. But yeah. then beyond that, I think you really got to start to, you know, consider that you know it's just a strange uh, show of right. support, I guess, yeah. about something that probably doesn't matter yeah. in the real grand scheme of the world. It's like, no, going back so. to our point real quick, I just, I, I guess it's, it was the negativity that I'm not a fan yeah. of. Like, oh, yeah. you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. How about you watch and have a conversation and you discuss the positives? Oh yeah. my God, did you did you see him cut that volley off and stick it in the corner? Or, oh my yeah. God, how does he get his paddle around that to yeah. hit that kind of spin? Or did you see how he set up to get the drive? Yeah. Not... Uh, uh, well, you know that was a terrible shot. It's interesting because this came up recently, where um, I rewatched the footage that you and I shot at the uh, Sunset Ridge member guest. Yeah, where we where we you know did commentary and we talked to the players and that kind of thing. And I was glad, based on you know the our style, how positive it was. Really, like I really liked that we spent most of the time being like, oh, that's a great shot. You know, that puts, you know, that guy under pressure and very little like, you can't do that. That's on, what are you doing? At this level, you can't expect to try to make that shot. Like, it's just, I think it's strange because of the way the sport works. Like we always talk about not making errors. Yeah. And so that when somebody makes an error, that's a negative, right? Yeah. You view that as a negative instead of like, 
Well, what caused that error? Like, like uh, there's a lot of forced errors in paddle. Like, I'm not going to argue that you can get 100% of the balls back. No. So, as a result, like, something happened, you know, to build that, you know, yeah. that situation. And I always prefer to give credit rather than to create a negative, totally. you know, situation. Yeah. So, you know, that's just where I was at. So, let's go back to our first point. To answer Tiana's question, which I don't think we've really done, but we gave it a go. Uh, we have a slight outline, Tiernan. Uh We write four or five things down. We shoot them back and forth on like a Google Doc. And, and then we sit down and kind of like we've just done. Yeah. Uh, have a 15 of, minute answer to a non-question question. There you go. You're welcome, Tiernan. Thanks for listening to Paddle Hacks today. It was tons of fun. This is actually the most gelled that we've been, I think, in the past uh, couple of weeks. That was great. We've had some chaotic uh, stuff going on personally. And by personally, I mean when we have to deal with kids' activities. Yes. When you have uh, your boys have a soccer game, and then my kids have a fencing tournament, and then you've got to get home to pick them up from school, and then I have to take somebody to the doctor. Like, it's been kind of nuts. But, yes. But it's it's good to get back in the groove. On a side note, Tons of Fun was the nickname of your girlfriend in high school, right? <laughs> Is that where we were at? No? <laughs> Tons of Fun was my nickname in high school. <laughs> yes, when it was. I was 280 pounds. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, we need to thank uh, President Tiernan uh -huh. and Walter Palmer yep. for their fan questions and listening and helping us promote Paddle Hacks. Yep. Uh, also, while we were recording the question from Walter, uh, we got an email from his father, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A really long, really well thought out, very nice email. So on the next episode, we'll be answering Mr. Palmer or Palmer yeah. Senior uh, question. Yeah, that's and cool. We'll and and really just, you know, thanking you guys for, you know, the fan support and the fan questions is also uh, pretty cool because that's kept us going. We do get uh, excited when they come in. Sure. Like, people it, it are listening. Nice. This yeah, is it great. Is, it is nice. It's somehow, I, I don't know how it happened, but we've never had to manufacture a fan question. Like that, like that's something a lot of shows do to start off to like ask their friend, like, "Hey, you got a fan question?" And like, even if we were concerned that we didn't have a fan question, something would come in. Yep. You know, like really close, and we always had real stuff. And I just think that's cool because it's a small community, and you know, people are supporting us. Also, yeah, fun fact: I don't know if you know this because you're probably not looking at the analyst analytics, but uh, we just had a couple of episodes go over a thousand listeners. Sweet. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so when I joke about us having tens of listeners, it's actually not tens of hundreds. thousands of listeners. <laughs> uh, Joe Rogan, we're coming for you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. See you in the year 3095 <laughs> at, the, at this current rate of growth. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, have a good one. <laughs>